We want to send you a free copy of our revolutionary book, The Freedom Model for Addictions. To help us bring this incredible gift to you, we ask that you pay a small fee for shipping. Learn how tens of thousands of people have permanently solved their addictions without steps or meetings and make 2023 your best year yet. Give yourself or someone you love the gift of total freedom from addiction. Click on the link to get your free copy sent to you today. Hey, everybody. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Addiction Solution Podcast. I'm Michelle Dunbar. And I'm Mark Sheeran. And we are the authors of The Freedom Model for Addictions, Escape the Treatment and Recovery Trap. Yes. And today, in this Oh, week, along with Stephen Slate. I always Stephen Slate. Absolutely. Yes. He's, he did a lot of the writing. Well, Happy New Year, everybody. This is the first episode of... 2023 actually we're recording it in 2022 but it's not going to be released until 2023 so happy new year we hope you have a good one (laughs) that's right so today we're going to talk about replacing the 12 uh how did you say it replacing 12-step servitude with freedom yes yes our goal here at the freedom model is for the everyone around the world to know that they don't have to be trapped anymore. That's right. So let me, can I frame that out? Yeah, go right ahead. So what we mean by trapped is trapped by some method, ritual, something outside of yourself that you give credit for getting you sober. That's a trap. It's well, first of all, you don't have to be trapped using drugs and alcohol in a way that you don't want to use it anymore. I mean, that's the first trap. That's right. The first trap is the idea that you're addicted and compelled to use beyond your free will, which is a myth. Which is a myth. But we're not going to talk about that today. (laughs) We've covered that in other podcasts. (laughs) But I just wanted to clarify that that's a trap too. Um, Yeah, no, we we want you to know that, that the vast majority of people simply change their substance use habits and move on. And they're not, they don't, they don't have to go to meetings. They don't have to do anything to maintain what is known today as recovery. That's right. So, so where did recovery come from and what do we mean by servitude to this idea? Yeah. So, so, um, AA was formed in 1935, and then he, Bill Wilson wrote the book Alcoholics Anonymous in 1939. So we're talking over 80 years ago, and what other modality for mental health <laughs> in the world today do we hang on to a 1939 faith healing model? I, I, there, there is none. So it's a very strange thing, first of all. It's very strange to, to, uh, to hang on to something they claim is medical and then hang on to the method to get rid of this medical problem with a 1939 protocol. Um, We certainly don't treat other chronic progressive illnesses. I'm going to act as if uh, addiction is one. It's not, but let's say it was Um, like cancer or uh, heart disease. We don't, we don't diabetes. We don't hang on to a, a faith healing book called Alcoholics Anonymous or otherwise, you know, how to cure heart disease, 1939. Well, we don't, there's no, you don't go through steps to be converted to a believer, like, a, a, you know, a, a Christian. I mean, really the steps of Alcoholics Anonymous 
basically our conversion to Christianity. Right. First century Christian ideals that have been perverted into and Bill look at we're not model. we're not bagging on Christians. No, we're we're, we're Catholic. Yeah. We're Christians. So yeah. um but but there is no other I mean, AA can't have it both ways. I mean, they talk about that it's an illness and a disease and everybody's like, it's a disease, it's a disease. And then they have this faith healing model of disease. And yeah, so it's such a strange, strange mix. Yeah. What you you just pointed out is so weird. It's very, and and for me, I'll be honest with you. When I first went, that was the part of it that was most unsettling to me. I, me too. Was that was the very unholy marriage of of religion and medical, and and ironically, it's both wrong. Yeah, that's <laughs> I mean, why, that is wild. Isn't that crazy? And well, and look at if you don't think that it's a religion, all you have to do is you know go onto social media and say something bad about it, and the zealots come out of the woodwork. Um, to basically, I mean, people have threatened death on us. I, we've been, mm-hmm. you know, seriously harassed and maligned and, um, that only happens with re- religion, quite frankly. Yeah. If somebody, if somebody came along and challenged a doctor on his method at the hospital for cancer, for instance, he might get annoyed, but he's not going to go on a rant and threaten your life and, tell you you're killing people and go go ballistic on you but that's the way aa zealots behave yeah. and the trolls the keyboard warriors um which is fine I, none and, of, and and quite, I, quite, quite frankly addiction disease proponents yes are that way too which is how you know it's a religion it's a religion yeah yeah we in the in this book uh which you can get for free by the way go to freebook.freedommodel.org yes okay you can get that for free um, if you're in the U.S. That's right. If you're in the U.S., if you're outside the U.S., it's a lot cheaper um, shipping-wise and, and cost to get it on Amazon. That's right. Um, so so in this book, we debunk all of this, this religiosity about – I consider the recovery society what, – what is the recovery society? Let's make some definitions. So the recovery society is treatment. That's 12-step based, that's disease-based, that uses a diagnostic code for addiction as a medical issue or a mental illness, medical. Um, AA meetings, the 12-step paradigm, all of this is part of this recovery society. And then all the apparatus around recovery, sober homes that are 12-step based. Um, rehabs. Rehabs, the, the $42 billion treatment industry, because all of it essentially teaches you that there's something inherently wrong with you, that you have pieces missing. That you're not like other people. That you're weaker. Yeah. And therefore susceptible to an outside force called addiction that, like a virus, infects your soul and takes it and makes yep. it so you have no free will and you are compelled to use. And then they try to tell you you have a brain disease that makes all of this happen. I, mean, I want you to think about something for a minute, right? So so your health insurance is going to pay for you to go to a treatment program that is going to teach you to pray. Okay. Basically, you know, they're going to take you through the 12 steps. They're going to send you to meetings. They're going to do, you know, they're going to talk to you. Yeah. They're going to have rituals. Yeah. Ritual healing. And, and, and that there's a belief system within the recovery world that it's a spiritual 
disease. Disease. So it's it's like you have a virus that didn't that doesn't infect your body, even though the treatment industry in their wisdom tried to make it a brain disease, even though there's no data or research to support it. But they did go in that direction because I'm sure somebody at some point, I think somewhere in the 70s and 80s was like, ooh, this doesn't make any sense. We're going to have to make this a medical thing. Yeah. Yeah. The, the pharmaceuticals are behind that. The pharmaceutical yeah. companies are behind that. Because they wanted it on the action. Who can blame them? I yeah. Mean, and now they of, make billions, billions of, do- of dollars, right? Yeah, on Suboxone. Um, selling, selling addiction medicine. Medicine for a disease that's spiritual. Yeah, do you see all the inconsistencies? It's it's such a bizarre, bizarre world. The recovery society is a walking contradiction. It's a disease that is healed via faith healing, coupled with the Sinclair method and medication. And but you also need support, and you also can't have resentments, and you also have to have a support network, and you also have to have. Uh, you have meetings. to get rid of your character defects and you have to get a sponsor, somebody that you have, you have to have to ask this person um, who you should marry or if you should get a new job. Or whether you should go to college or not, or whether you're strong enough to be in a relationship. Does any of this sound like what they do with cancer? Right. Or diabetes or, or heart, disease. heart disease. Real illnesses. Real you know, uh, yeah, illnesses, diseases. So, so we need to replace. So now that we've framed out what the recover, the farce that the recovery society is, this sort of uh, house of cards. So what holds this whole house of cards together is people's maybe maybe just ignorance of questioning a model. I I think sometimes people just take it for granted that AA is the best thing since sliced bread because that shit is repeated like propaganda. And, and so what we did was we questioned it 34 years ago. I kept questioning it and kept questioning. We were one of those. Yeah. Like, I don't get it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, um, I was that person. I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand. So, so when I was 14, I had pre-cancer in my mouth and they took out a bunch of my, that my upper jaw. Right. So I, I got a quick education on the fact that all that shit had to get cut out and they had to, there's a medical protocol. So knowing that I remember being in rehab and saying, how is my drinking or my lack thereof? Cause I wasn't drinking at that time, uh, like cancer. And, and I'll never forget the lady, Linda, she said, the counselor, she, she goes, Mr. Sheeran, you're being non-compliant. And, and I've talked, I said the story a million times on the podcast, but that's when I realized there's no answer for that. No, people didn't have an answer. Well, it's, it's a metaphorical disease. I'm not shitting you. People say things like that. And then I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. When you, when you have cancer, they, they take a biopsy, they look at the cells and you can see they've changed. There's pathology, but there's none of that with, with a drug problem. So, and you can't like, that was for me, I had lost my grandmother to breast cancer uh, two years before I, I went to my first meeting and I was with her, you know, r- r- that whole summer until she, the, the, till she died. And, and she had had it many years and had gone into remission twice. And, um, and, but at the end, I mean, there, there was, no, I knew the difference. I'm like, she can't just, I can wake up and decide I'm not going to drink 
she can't decide she's not going to have cancer. Like, like there, there's no way that these things are the same. That's right. So now I'm going to fast forward 34 years. So now we know we've written this 470 page book with all the research that shows exactly how it's all a farce. The recovery society is a farce. And nearly everybody gets over it, right? Nearly everybody gets over it. So that's what this book tells you. That's right. It tells you how they do it. That's right. So so you have this, this new message out there, but the new message isn't out in a, in a big enough way. So what we're going to do in this podcast is we're going to invite anybody that is an influencer, anybody that wants to change the world with us. Yes. And I'm going to make a public announcement here that we're looking to bring people in to promote the freedom model because we're going to replace AA. And the folks at AA can see this and and sort of giggle and laugh or be pissed off. They're going to be pissed off because, look, there's this, uh, you know, there's this thing called confirmation bias, right? And what that is is when you, you know, the people that AA seems to be working for, the ones, the zealots, the ones that are that are like, I mean, there's a whole lot of people that AA seems to be working for that aren't zealots, that are just like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, that's fine. Um, but they get mad when they hear us say the truth, which is 95% of the people that go to AA don't find a solution there. That's AA's numbers, not ours. Okay. So, and when you're on our side of things, because with when you're in AA, you're you only talk to and get close to the people that stick around. You basically have blinders on for the 95% of the people that come into a meeting that you never see again, or that maybe you see them for a couple of weeks and then you don't see them again. I remember we did it. We were in AA for a decade. Okay. Going to meetings and, and it is very easy to ignore those people. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. so, so, all the you people out there in AA that are going to now write to us or whatever and say, you're going to kill people. You're going to destroy AA. That's what you're trying to do. You're yeah, trying to no. kill. We're no. just going to, we're just going to replace it with the people, the 95% that don't want it. It's, and and look at the 5% can stay there. Yeah. I, I don't care. Well, it, I, it, I, it, look at it, it. Our friend Monica actually posted something recently and, and AA's numbers are down from, from last year and they've been steadily decreasing you know, by a couple hundred thousand a year. Yeah. Um, and so AA eventually is going to die on the vine because, because just like paradigms, just like bloodletting, it will be replaced by a better method, a better method. That's how science works. Okay. And so, so it probably won't be, it won't be maybe not in your time. You'll still have your little groups and your little meetings and there are smaller offshoots, you know, that are non-AA, like smart and stuff, who've stayed pretty small and intimate, but they still go and there's meetings for those people out there. So they'll probably still be meetings for you. Um, but you're just going to have to kind of step aside and let progress be made. Yeah. Well, here, here's how this works. So, so anytime you're in AA, your world becomes smaller naturally because that's the nature of that cult. That's how that for sure it's, it's insulative. So it, you put your blinders on and you stop thinking and you stop your critical thought. 
And it's the nature of the way AA was designed to do that. And that's not a cut on you. I was in it for 12 years. Yeah, we did it. We grew up in it. I mean, I, I, yeah, for two decades, really. Yeah. So, so I get it. And I'm not ripping on anybody's recovery. People always assume yeah, that, no, I'm, God, that, no. that I'm jumping, you know, on their, their recovery. I'm not, I don't, I don't, I don't. We're happy with however people solve, you know, however people decide and stay abstinent if that's what they want or moderate if that's what they want. Look at whatever you're doing. It's great. It's fine. So, but, but what we're going to do is we're going to work off the merits of this information. Yeah. And people, when they read this, are blown away. They're blown Even away. Even AA zealots. Yeah. They, and, and if you have an open enough mind, you know, one of the things I always did was I, I continued to read and, and, and research and understand all different facets and all different sides. And I found what was valid and what was bullshit and what was faulty research and what had an agenda. And I, I, I sifted through all that. Now, not everybody is going to be a researcher, but here's my point. Everything in the freedom model is common sense. It's literally, ultimately logical. So you're going to look at it and go, ah, that's an answer. That yeah. made sense. Every time I heard this nonsense over here in AA, it didn't make sense, but that makes sense. And when you have a model that does that, it simply, on the merits of the information, replaces the old paradigm. That's just what happens. And it's right. time. And so there's no agenda to actively go against AA. My my agenda is simply laying out the truth. Now, the truth tends to hit. It does. You, it you, does. It can, you can't. It's shocking. <laughs> it, it can't not because it's counter to mythology. That's that's what truth is. It is the opposite of mythology. So if you have a mythological model, which is what AA is, it's fiction. It was created by Bill Wilson. It's fiction. When you come along with logic, it can't not have have a contrasting value that's uncomfortable. Yeah, that's so true. So if you're a believer, a religious believer, and I say religious because it takes belief to believe this nonsense in AA, and I call it nonsense, don't like cuz it's just be, not real. Yeah, it's it's it it, it doesn't mean fantasy. anything. It doesn't mean anything. So it's a huge distraction to one thing. You and your mind making decisions and and coming to a new perspective about substance use. That's what this does. People say, well, what do you do? Well, most of this is debunking the crap to sweep it away so that you can then, with a clean mind, go, hmm, what do I want? You see, what's what's interesting about this is, and when, and when people, you know, attack us, they, they, they say that they're like, well, what is your model just attacking, you know, other models? Why can't you just say what you do? Here's the problem, because... Because the 12-step paradigm is almost 100 years old, and we've got multiple generations believing this stuff, and it, it has infected every fiber of our culture and our society, we have to undo it. Right. We have to undo it to help people because people first feel like they're enslaved by drugs and alcohol, which they're not. They never were. That on its face is false. So we have to undo that. And then they become enslaved by recovery itself. That's, that's, that's the real insidious part. It's one thing to get lost in drugs and alcohol, which is a very personal experience yes. that you wade through. 
Um, and if you're lucky enough to get through it, because most people are, um, you get through it and you evolve past it. But then when they they have this really uncomfortable sort of nuanced answer called recovery, and it sounds good. It sounds like you're getting better. But recovery means disease. Recovery means you're recovering from something or you're recovered from something, that there was a condition present, but there wasn't. The condition is you. It's what you think. Yeah. And that there's nothing wrong with a human making decisions that are poor choices. Right. Or that are harmful to them. That People they, do it all the time. And, and that doesn't mean you're out of control. Nope. It doesn't mean that you were pathologically driven or compelled to make that choice. Nope. It just means you made a choice that ended badly. And, and every time we get in a car, it can end badly. And, and then if we get in a car accident and we break our leg, is everybody to say, my God, you were compelled to get in that car, weren't yes. you? You know, you have carism. I mean, that would be fucking ridiculous, right? Yep. It's just as ridiculous to say that drugs alter your brain chemistry, which then affects your mind and compels you to use beyond your free will. That's just, there isn't any evidence that's that, 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 that is true. But if you believe it, mm. it becomes true. It does become true. For you. And and look at, we have watched people and we've worked with thousands of people over the last 30 plus years who were in AA, who who were doing everything they were supposed to be doing, who probably, who put years together. And because they still believed in the, the idea that they were sick and broken and not like other people, we've watched people with five, 10, 20 years in recovery, go back out and die. Yeah. Because of that belief system. They held on in this deprived state for 20 years. And then one day said, fuck it. I can't do this anymore because they're pining away the whole time to be drunk. We're getting, or maybe they found some happiness, some levels of happiness in their life. Right. They found some levels of happiness here and there, but they believe in the idea that, you know, God forbid somebody they love dies. There's some tragedy that right. they, there's some trauma that causes. Exactly. And then yep. they believe they're 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 out of control again. Like it can zap them out of nowhere. Yeah. Well, and that's the whole idea of cunning, baffling, and powerful that you repeat dogmatically before every meeting, right? Always reminding you of this powerful entity of addiction. Um that's all mythology. But to Michelle's point. If you believe it, God damn it, it's, it, it happens. It does. It, it happens does. because it happens. you believe it. It happens to you. You believe it happens to you, but it actually happens by you. That's right. That's it, man. That's the nuance. So, so the freedom model is going to undo the mythology. It, it basically attacks the mythology, right? Yes. Head on. It says, is this statement by the treatment community of the recovery society factually correct. Right. And most of the time, what we say in the book is no. And here's the research that debunks it. Um, and there's some, some stuff that we agree with. Okay. Yeah. So, so understand that as well. Then once that's cleared away, then what is decision-making? What is choice-making? What does that mean? How do humans, how are we motivated? Um, and how do we make choices for ourselves to be happier people? And how do we move on from an addiction after the addiction is gone and you've, you've gotten rid of the charade, the disease charade in your life? How do you move on? Well, what a wonderful message, right? 
the I know there are people out there that are going to rally against this that that will find all of this difficult to understand, but that's only because you haven't read it and you haven't delved in and you haven't had an open mind. Right. Right. I mean, so our goal, we want to band together, like if to change the world, you need a small group of committed people, but you need a group. That's right. Okay. And, and so we are inviting people to come and help us to basically show the world that they can be free. That's right. That, that every person gets well the same exact way. And that is internally within the confines of decision-making. And it doesn't matter if you're in AA, in a treatment program. Ultimately, the only way that you can stop ingesting substances, putting substances in your body, is by making the decision to do so. Right. There is no other thing that is happening there. There might yes. be a whole variety of rituals like meetings and, and sponsorship and suboxone and all this other stuff. But ultimately, it's just you deciding. You know what's interesting is there are a whole lot of people. There are probably millions of people who went to AA, right? They went to AA for a short period of time. This is probably the vast majority. Yeah. For a short period of time. I know where you're going. Then, then they left. Now, in their mind, they're giving AA credit. Uh, there's a world. But they don't go to AA anymore. They haven't gone in years. Well, we see it in the trolls. <laughs> all, all over. Yeah, I don't go. I've been sober 31 years. I haven't been to a meeting in years. But they're defending AA. Right. But you're not doing AA. <laughs> but they give credit to it because they went to five meetings and their life changed. But what they don't understand or is- Or even five years of meetings and but, their life changed. But what they don't understand is there was never, was there magic in the meeting? Was there some force, some nebulous- sober. That, that came in and changed your mind for you. Right. And if not, then who did? You did. I talked to this one. I, I want people I know, to think about I know, that. I know. You did it. You did it. And that's what's so interesting. I, I had this phone call. This is probably a year ago now. And, and she didn't end up coming to the program. But I had this woman that I was talking to. I talked to her a few times on the phone. And she had been 20 years, 20 years. Well, she was in AA and went to meetings only for five or six years, but she was 20 years abstinent like I was. And then I called us because she had started drinking a couple of years before. And she's like, it was because I stopped going to meetings. And I went 15 years ago. Like, when did you stop going to meetings? She stopped going to meetings literally 15 years before she drank. But in her mind, yeah. she genuinely believed it was because she wasn't going to meetings that she was drinking again, that her life got difficult. And, you know, she faced a health crisis. She was aging. She was in her 60s. She had retired. Her kids were grown. And so and she hit the bottle. Yeah. So yeah. she started drinking again. Bored. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And I said, and let me ask you a question. When you first went back to drinking... How was it? She's like, well, actually, it was pretty good. It was pretty good. And the truth was she spent a good six, eight months going out, having fun with friends and just drinking occasionally. And she goes, oh, but but it just, you know. It got me. It got me. Yeah. It got me. Yeah, it got that's me. so sad. That is, that, it's that belief system. Now, I think she didn't come to the, she got, ended up getting the book. She didn't come because she realized she didn't need to. I'm like, you already know how to do this. You've already done it. Right. Right. Once you come to grips with the fact that there is no magical force that can change your mind for you, 
that that idea is ritualistic. So let me explain exactly what I mean. When you go to an AA meeting, you're doing something. You yes. get in the car. Everybody in your family nods in approval. I you're call incent- it. Yeah, I call it the concrete manifestation of this change that you're making. Yeah, that's right. That's right. You're incentivized to partake in this charade. <laughs> that's the way Steve explained it, and, yep. and that's the way we we talked about it in the book. So you're incentivized to play in this in this play, and everybody's happy. So you're going to the meeting, and you're like, "I'm doing this for my recovery." Yep. Here's the weird part about this: when you get in the car, when you're driving. What the fuck does that have to do with not drinking? (laughs) What does that have to do with the change in your mind? Nothing. You're just driving a car. Then you walk down the basement stairs. This is sort of a cliche, but wherever the AA meeting is. Yeah, because they're everywhere now, but they used to be in clandestine locations. Right. So when I was going to AA, that's where it was. Yeah, it was always Primarily in church basements. Um, Or rehab centers. Yep. Or back conference rooms hidden and, mm-hmm. and very, very weird. So when you go through those doors and you're going down and you, you hit the cigarette smoke and, and, and you're in that room, um, how does that room, your environment outside of you, and then people talking with information coming to you, how does that change you? And then people say, ha, I got you, Mark. The freedom model is information and the AA room is information. I, I say, I agree. I, totally I think agree. I think they're both educational models. I don't disagree with you that AA has information, but every other part of the AA thing is a charade. Okay, that's the ritual part. Now let's talk about the education. So, is the education valuable? Is being told you are powerless for life valuable? First of all, it's not true. Secondly, no, it's 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 the opposite of progress. So the very foundation of AA, the education, takes away from your chances of moving forward in your life. And we know that statistically. We know that suicide rates skyrocket, relapse skyrockets. I don't like that term. But choosing to drink and drug problematically. drinking rates go up five times. They're five times greater. Than the population at large that doesn't go. That doesn't go. So, so So you have rituals that people believe keeps them sober that everybody plays in this weird charade. And then there's this information that actually lowers your chances. So why are we doing it? The only thing that I can say, and and we actually talked to somebody today and he mentioned this, and this is this idea that you go, there is something initially a little bit comforting there was to me about being in this room with a bunch of people that are as fucked up as I am. <laughs> Yeah, that, well, and, and, and at first- which, which is a double-edged sword, I'm just going to tell you. Yeah, that's a good point, though. So so you go, and they're just as fucked up as you are. And at first, in a lot of cases, they're very nice about that, that you're yes, the newcomer. And so, initially, when you're the newcomer, yeah. A little you, bit patronizing, which is a little bit offensive, was to me anyways. Yeah. Um, but there were enough people that were kind- in the beginning that were, were kind and um, helpful, they seemed helpful, that it was comforting. So, so I agree with you. Let's mm-hmm. say, let's talk, let's give AA the best light possible. So you go, you're, you're the center of attention. Yep. Uh, you, you just came off a rip and bender. You just got out of detox. You're shaken. You're, you're at your first meeting. You feel this sense of friendship, fellowship, as they say. Uh, you're a little uncomfortable with the cultiness of the, yeah, I you know, definitely but, was, but let's say you're Pentecostal. 
um, maybe then then that sort of rigid religiosity it doesn't make you uncomfortable. Let's right. say, um, and then and then you go to meetings and you start to find your place. The question is then, a week into it, five meetings later, being told that you're powerless and that God will restore you to sanity, meaning implying you're insane. And all the next steps with with all kinds of weird confessionals in the fourth step and fifth step, and then having to recruit other people, is all of that valuable? Right. Is that education valuable? And how does that keep you sober? Keep you sober. Not that you're deciding, but it's keeping you in a cage so that you can't drink. Do you understand the language? Yes. That's, that's all exactly problematic. Right. That's exa- right. Right. So it, the, the answer is it doesn't keep it you doesn't. anything. That's it, all you. So the, the, the question becomes, look at the reason people, and we've said this a million times, we're going to keep saying it. The reason people don't drink and don't do drugs is because they're choosing not to. It's because they've changed their mind. They've decided. For a variety of reasons. For many different reasons that they are happier not doing it than doing it. That's how people stop. And stay stopped is they they believe that. And for a period of time, they might come to the conclusion, as I did for a little while. Now, the truth of the matter is I had decided I was done with that kind of drinking and drug using before I went to a week before I went to my first meeting. Um, but but you may decide at some point, well, these relationships that I'm making and this 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 group that I'm going to is valuable enough for me where I'm happier going to it, not drinking and doing drugs than I am not going to it and drinking and doing drugs. But there are also those people who keep drinking and doing drugs on the down low and they keep going to the meetings because they like them. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it can be a subculture of... Right. And then there are... I mean, there are all variations of this. So there's nothing magic there. And, And you can get friendships and close relationships anywhere. Yeah, that's that's so so that's important for people to know. And I know that when you're coming off a bender, because I've done it. Yeah, me too. You, I just I was happy to be alone, quite frankly. Yeah, I, <laughs> I mean, some of us are so are so lonely. We do crave some some sort of um, fellowship and friendship. Yeah, for sure. And I did. I was intensely lonely at the me end. Me too. Me too. Um. So uh, that's when I met you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So he, so here's the deal. Let's, let's take this full circle. So, so you can, you can go down that path and it's okay. Yeah. We, we, have, we don't judge it. We do not judge it. We judge the method and, then and what, the information they're conveying. That's right. And what happens as a result of that statistically is important as researchers to understand. Um, and is it helpful? Yada, yada, yada. Um, but here's what we know. We've been doing this for 34 years. We dug through all the research for you, for the population in, in general. AA is a dying paradigm. But its sisters, the 12-step offshoots, the now Matt train that everybody is, is getting on, um, lifelong Matt train. I think uh, MAT has some value in the short term in certain populations for in sure. certain situations um, for risk advertment. But I, anytime somebody gets put on methadone for life or suboxone for life, that's just scummy to me, what yeah. doctors have done there. I think that's just disgusting because it's unnecessary. Um, totally. 
unnecessary. If, if you know the research, just, it's just a cash cow. Yeah, it's just so wrong. Um, and so that's that's developing into the same disease idea in new clothes. Well, it's, it's 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 developing into its own religion. Yeah. You know, this idea, it, it's it's still based on the idea that you're broken. That's in some right. Way. That the best you're going to do is to be on heroin light. Yeah. To be light for the you rest know. of your life, which is not, you, it's not, it's not necessary. So we go through that in the book as well. So, so what we want to do is we want everybody to be able to choose with a fully educated yes. understanding. If you want to choose that pathway, great. Yeah, I have Make sure you have all the information. Make sure you know that you're not trapped there. I realized a long time ago that I have no dog in the fight in people's choices. Nope. If if they want to get high till they die, I've had friends do that right in front of me. Mm -hmm. And I've also watched friends completely change their lives and become astoundingly successful. And I've seen everything in between. Yep. So I have my experience. She has her experience. The one thing I want to accomplish, and I want your help, is to get a group of influencers together and to spread the message that this, this is a way to educate the masses on the truth. On the truth. And it undoes the mythology, and it does it in a very succinct way, and then it provides a way to move on with your life and never look back. This isn't a method. The Freedom Model isn't some support network. No. It isn't some treatment program. It isn't any of that. What it is is educating you on the truth, and then you get to choose whatever the fuck you want to choose. Yes. That's the beauty of it. But we need to spread that message so that lives can be saved and people don't get caught in the recovery trap forever. Yes, which is why we are giving away the book. That's right. Um, and you can get a, a, a free copy of paperback edition by going to freebook.freedommodel.org. Um, and and uh, only in the U.S., I'm sorry. Um, for those, for our friends overseas, if you order on Amazon, um, it'll get you much faster and it'll be much less expensive. Shipping from the U.S. to anywhere in the world is ridiculous. Yeah, it's bad now. Um, and, and, so, and so we only at that, at that website. Um, so if you're overseas, yes, do that. Go to Amazon because we do have so many people. And this year coming up, this 2023, our goal is to get it translated in a couple different languages. We've had requests for that. Yep. Um, we definitely want to do that. Yeah, we've given away over 5,000 books, but it's become a bestseller also, which is, the, that's a big deal yeah. for us. And um, also we have the Freedom Model online program. There are people that learn better via video and Michelle and I designed that over the course of two years. It's an yeah. entire uh, suite of videos, 65 videos. There's the Freedom Model for the Family online program within that program. There's the seminar series I do debunking AA as a whole, and I show why it's a cult and how it developed, and I go through the history of AA so you understand exactly where all of this came from. What else? Yeah, there's um, – well, actually, there's – which we had – we're recording this the day before we're doing it, but when it gets released, it'll be last week, we had the uh, the online – live webinar question and answer with Mark and I that's every single month the last Wednesday of the month from uh 3 p.m to 5 p.m eastern time but that's only for freedom model online program members yes active uh subscribers that's right um there is also the newsletter which comes out supposed to come out once a month <laughs> 
it does come out once a month. We were a little late on November's, but December's went out on time. So, um, and then there's what else is on? Oh, every week we do a new lesson. Right. Because as researchers, we're always learning. Yes. And that comes from a variety of of people in this organization, certified coaches and and Michelle and I. Yeah. And it's and it's a quick lesson. So typically they're about five to seven minutes. Um, So they're little snippets on specific topics that that sometimes it's it's topics that we know people struggle with. Yep. You know, so we'll give a little bit different insights into it. Yeah. So that that's all within the Freedom Model online program. It's fantastic. And you can learn about that at thefreedommodel.org thefreedommodel.org. All the links and stuff I'd imagine are, are somewhere here. Oh yeah, I'm sure. I, well, I don't know the how links are down at the bottom of the screen, but I, I know they're oh, yeah, also they in like the YouTube write-up. Um, and probably, I don't know, when our podcasts go out, I know there's links and stuff too. And then of course we have one-on-one coaching and we have uh, a bunch of people that are certified coaches with the Freedom Model. And um that's all one-on-one classes, usually 12 classes to get through this entire curriculum with people from the comfort of home. So there's that option as well. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you everybody for listening today. Look at, if you are interested in helping us, please reach out to us. Um, you can reach us at info at the You can reach us on our social media pages on the, the Facebook page. Yeah, Message us. Yeah. Private through, message us yeah. through Facebook or Instagram. Um, and they come directly to us. So those messages. So yeah, let us know if there's, if there's a way that you feel like you can help. So we're going to, this is called, we already started uh, building some affiliates with us already. There's three that have signed on and there's many people that have just contacted me in the last week. I was a little overwhelmed by it, but, uh, I'll get back to everybody by the way. Yeah. Um, and it's called the freedom model coalition. So we're going to bring people together and we're going to spread we're the message. C- create a movement. That's right. You for know? freedom. For, for people to be free. Free. We want people to be free. To decide for themselves That's what's right. best for them. That's right. Well, thank you, everyone. And remember, if you like our podcast, subscribe. Give us five-star rating on Spotify that or helps Amazon. Us, that helps us spread the message. Yeah, or Apple, wherever you listen to the podcast. Or um, or share, like, like we had somebody share clips from our, our YouTube videos as well. Um, if you know how to do that, rock on, do it. Yeah, share, <laughs> share our TikTok videos because a lot of them are shorts. Yep, and, and we have like reels both on Instagram and Facebook and I think Twitter. They end up on Twitter too. Yeah, there's a lot of good stuff there. Yeah, a ton. yeah. so thanks everybody. We'll, we'll see you next time. Bye everybody. Are you struggling with a drug or alcohol problem but you don't want to go to rehab or group meetings? That's why we created the non-12-step Freedom Model Coaching Program in 2011. Through video conferencing on Zoom or Skype, you can work privately with a certified Freedom Model Coach from your home or office on your schedule. And here's the best part. With the Freedom Model, you'll never be labeled an addict or an alcoholic. And we won't tell you to go to 12-step meetings or hamper your life with endless recovery rituals. Instead, you can learn exactly why addiction isn't a disease and how you can solve the problem for good and move on with your life. Do you want to be completely free from your addiction? Do you want to never have to attend meetings, rehabs, or addiction counseling ever again? And do you want to solve your problem from the comfort of home? Then call us at 888-424-2626 to talk with a Freedom Model coach today and experience the Freedom Model difference.